KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center on Olive, one mile west of 141. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. And good Saturday, good morning. Indeed, what a beautiful Saturday it is in the middle of the country. 314-436-7900. Phone lines for you and I to get together and talk about anything related to your home. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Anywhere on the globe that you like. Uh, We can connect through the miracle of internet or any place else you'd like through the phone lines right here on KMOX. Uh, KMOX, uh, the better part of a century old, been around since 1924. Indeed, quite a bit of history behind that. You are part of that family and part of that history. Today, a full two hours, no guests, all you, and phone lines wide open just for you. Bosco in the background, my pet gerbil, he is turning the treadmill and making the 50,000 watts to broadcast this. A little bit of extra help from Amarin, the uh, power utility here in the Midwest. And we're going to talk about you, your house, your health, maybe a little bit of comfort, uh, dehumidifying, the role of air conditioning in those uh, parts of our house. You think it's just getting cool? Well, part of that transaction in terms of an air conditioner is removing the humidity the wet in the air, the close that you and I describe when it gets in the upper 90s and the 90% humidity. Even, you know, later in the afternoons around now, you know, we can still feel that humidity. 314-436-7900, toll-free 800-925. Today we're going to talk a little bit, excuse me, about outdoor lights, uh, a few things there. Also, how to finish a remodel a basement to create more usable space. These are all blogs and topics available on callmosby.com, our website, C-A-L-L-M-O-S-B-Y, callmosby.com. And uh, these are uh, under very, you know, blogs, bathrooms, design ideas. Those are some of the services things on that website it's effectively a virtual showroom to show you our work design ideas color schemes what a wood floor might look like with a painted cabinet and then how that affects the color of the appliances whether they're finished panels or uh, whether that has a lighting response for example If you put in a darker wood floor, or now perhaps a darker ceramic tile floor in a wood finish, the darker the floor, the higher the illumination responsibility, meaning the lights have to brighten up that room because think of every surface, whether it's wood, floor, countertop, cabinet, appliances, drywall, drywall paint colors, uh, all those things either reflect and bounce and share light in a room. Light is energy and it bounces around or it gets absorbed by darker fabrics, colors, wood floors, those sorts of things. So think of that in terms of how we at Mosby Building Arts think about it in the design stage. For example, black floor, black carpet, black uh, furniture, black cabinets, black countertop, black ceiling. I exaggerate, yes I do, But the point being that if you have all that dark black surface that absorbs light, you have to have a ton of windows and lighting. Uh, 
So that gets to lumens, all those outputs. We talk about LED lights and those sorts of things. But anyway, this morning and this afternoon, we're going to talk about how to upgrade your home's look, also basements, and also updating that uh, updating design ideas that can really change the look of your space without having to fully remodel it. Phone lines 314-436-7900, toll free 800-925-1120. My name is Scott Mosby. I own Mosby Building Arts. Uh, We've been at it for 72 years, something like that, better part of three quarters of a century. My father, Sam Mosby, founded the company. Today, we are a fully integrated construction and design firm. So we are a person, uh, you know, it's like a 10-person architectural department at Mosby Building Arts. Design is a big part of what we do because in our past world where my father was, you know, pretty much you are very much in partnership with the architects. That has changed over the years as architectural fees got smaller and smaller and smaller. Architects delivered less and less and less because that's just how, you know, that it's they're selling time pretty much as uh, laborers as we are as carpenters and builders the same. So that shifted that responsibility to the builder. Uh, that voice was valuable in that the builder now got more input in the project. The problem was it didn't come until the project started and it's just too late to change things. So now at Mosby Building Arts we lobby and we are part of the design team able to uh, you know advance the concept of you know water um, uh, management, you know, keeping the house dry, how the wall cavity works or doesn't work, building materials that outlast others, and life cycle quality to where, you, you know, you put a nice siding on a house and, you know, like 75 years ago, you could expect that siding to last 50, 70 years. Now with some of the engineered products, we're lucky on some of those things to uh, bear out the life cycle of 8, 10, 12, 15 years. Uh, And then, you know, think of vinyl siding as that came on and then cement board siding, all of that. Not all of those things are good. For example, you know, cement board siding or hardy board siding. and, And we use a lot of that. It's a great product. But it's concrete, and it goes through freeze-thaw cycles. Moisture gets inside that product, just like it does in vinyl or wood or plywood, OSB, any other kind of siding material, and it expands. Well, you know, so where you put that on your house or the other options for what might go on the outside of a house is valuable. Also, whether you use, you know, vinyl finishes on the outside of your windows, what kind of doors you use, uh, the hardware that goes into the doors, what kind of weather strip, door locks, on and on and on. So anyway, that's the stuff that we do at Mosby Building Arts that makes a difference. Uh, that makes our warranty worth it. Uh, We advocate for the interest of the structure, whether it be structural or just plain, how long will it last? Because if you think about it, remodeling is just not cheap. There's a lot of stuff that goes into that, hundreds and sometimes thousands of man hours, tens and hundreds of thousands of pieces that go into building and remodeling something. And the longer you can make that investment last, say instead of 20 years before you have to fix it, remodel it, replace it, what if you can get 50? You know, what's the cost per year of that? So doing things right is uh, just systemic and, and really uh, one of the basic tenets that my father laid down. It's like, whatever you do, do it well, and you advocate for the product process and the house because, frankly, nobody else has the skills to do that.
Design-wise, couple that with a really good design department. We have licensed architects on staff. Uh, Anyway, the point being that it matters. Everybody gets a voice, and it all matters. And the best product comes out at the end, and that's really what makes um, us get up in the morning. You know, it's a a fun way to build stuff. Um, So anyway, you can check us out more at callmosby.com. I get off my soapbox here. It's time to talk about phone calls, phone lines, all the things related to you. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. My name is Scott Mosby. This is KMOX, two hours today, and I am at your service. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show, presented by Suburban Leisure Center on Olive, one mile west of 141. Now, once again, your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, back together. Hey, my thanks to Rich Orris, Rich Orris, who stood in last week for me on the Labor Day weekend, allowed me to get away to, well, in, in today's version, get away means, uh, you know, go a block or two, but uh, uh, get away anyway and, and uh, get my head into other things that were a lot of fun. And, you know, actually it was recreational. So uh, anyway, what can I say? Uh, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Thanks again to Rich Orris. Let's go to the phone lines. Fire them up, Bosco. You ready? Yeah, yeah. We're on. 10-4. Okay, let's go talk to Ray. Hey, Ray, good morning. Welcome to KMOX, my friend. How can I help? Hi, Scott. Uh, let me describe uh, my problem here. My son has a tiny house mm-hmm. that he had uh, delivered about an hour south of St. Louis in the country. Okay. I think it I think it measures 14 by 36. It was delivered, you know, it's on skids and it yeah. sets on concrete piers about a foot off the ground. Mm-hmm. And uh wood, you know, wood frame construction, metal roof, and then he finished the inside. Recently, we were putting up a ledger board outside above the front door and had to take off the top piece of brick mold. Mhm. And he had insulated, well, uh, let me back up. He had insulated the walls and ceiling with fiberglass. He insulated, insulated around the doors and windows with foam, spray foam. Mm. Yep. He pressed on the foam behind the brick mold when we took it off, and it was soaking wet. And wow. he also told me that recently they noticed on the inside in front of that door, they noticed a little water. And I'm trying to figure out, it sounds like some kind of ventilation problem or something. I I don't know. Uh, Well, have you been running air conditioning in that unit yet? Yes, he has a window air conditioner, a little air conditioner. And because he's got it insulated so well and the size of the house, it does a great job. And I also should tell you, I don't know if this matters. He did the whole inside, the walls and the ceiling with tongue and groove knotty pine. Okay. Does he have drywall underneath that? I'm sorry? Is there any drywall underneath that knotty pine? No. Ooh, okay. No, no, just knotty pine on the studs with fiberglass walls, and the house also has a ridge vent, and the ceiling, you know, it's a a peak roof or a gable roof. Yeah, how steep? But the ceiling, I'm going to call it a barn style where... On the side of the ceiling, it's kind of slanted for about three feet, and then it goes flat, so you have like two feet between the ceiling and the peak of the roof, you know. Yeah, yeah, a sloped area, two feet. 
Yeah, yeah, about two and a half maybe on yeah. each side. Right. Oh, okay. Um, how much do you trust that wood, that metal roof? Well, I mean, it, it you know it looks okay, and you know, I, yeah. Well, that's you know, it's it, got, it, it. It's got a ridge vent, and then on each end of the gable, it's got a small gable vent, but no overhang. Okay, you've um, <clears throat> my question on the drywall is pretty loaded. Um, for example, um, air infiltration. Uh, how airtight is the wall skin, meaning the drywall, or in this case, knotty pine? Uh, we've had some real big issues. At first, I thought this was probably a metal roof issue. It may not be. Um, the uh, In this time of the summer, it is just really humid. So the air is soaking wet, and the air gets inside that uh, heating and cooling cavity. The problem being that as you cool that knotty pine you're getting air that is warm moist air trapped in your attic in the insulation because it's ambient air it's everywhere but it's inside your walls and then you cool off the air and the surface of that knotty pine but every joint in that in between that knotty pine is a leak because it's just wood to wood uh, and it becomes Every lineal foot of knotty pine tongue and groove or however that joint is, is a potential condensate problem because you're always, you know, by definition, mixing air-conditioned inside cool air with outside warm, moist air. Well, that's condensation. That's the definition. So somewhere in between the inside and the outside of that knotty pine, I suspect, uh, you will find uh, condensation on the back of that, and it'll roll right down the back part of that knotty pine. I'm surprised you're not seeing some surface. Maybe that's what you saw, but it... it um, the cool, especially if you have an air conditioner blowing cold air on one spot, say over the top of that door, uh, you could really create quite a bit of leak there, Ray. So um, that the, the number one for fire separation, if you get a fire inside a house before it spreads into the ceiling or the walls, it has to get past drywall. So typically the building code now is a fire separation device, which is half-inch gypsum drywall, and then you put your knotty pine over the top. In the last 25 years, I'm more of the um, school that, by golly, you, you seal up the air leakage with a tight drywall surface, and then you put up your knotty pine. Because of this, we've seen some houses some great, enormous structures with beautiful wood uh, surfaces that didn't have a drywall or didn't spray foam under underneath the roof to stop that air leakage to begin with and it's you can't stop it every lineal foot is a designed condensate problem of joint to, from tongue and groove to tongue and groove mm, okay any yeah. any uh, <laughs> any other solution other than you know, taking down uh, the knotty pine, putting drywall up? Well, we've not found one because especially if you've got a ridge vent on it. So let's pretend you're really properly ventilating or adequately ventilating your attic. So that attic ridge vent, hot air is rising and it will draw a, a vacuum. So it, the convective air, it, the hotter, the more sun you get, the more uh, powerful the lift is on that air escaping well where does that air come from 
it's coming right between all your tongue and groove joints on that knotty pine. So there's a continual um, suction vacuum on that attic. Even if you have the makeup air on soffit overhangs, even if you have that, you're still sucking some of it through recessed can lights in the ceiling, tongue and groove joints in that wood. You just can't. We've never come up with a way to stop it. Uh, mm-hmm. we've, had, we've had people that tried caulking all the joints. They tried sealing them all up, paid a painter a fortune to get up there, you know, and then three years later, they're tearing it down because that didn't work. It's a, it's yeah, a big what, deal. You're in, you're, in, you're in big leagues. I don't have any good news for you. Yeah. What about a power ventilator on the roof? That'll just make it leak faster or worse. <laughs> I mean, think about it, because the, it is that very convective air loop that's suctioning out out the roof. You have a vacuum cleaner stuck to the top of that attic, and it's going to suck makeup air from wherever it can get it. So it'll take some of it from the vents where, you know, the overhang vents. Hopefully you have some of those things. Yeah. But it, it will suck it through right through that tongue and groove on every board. Uh, the good news is probably not a whole lot on the wall. I suspect most of your problem is isolated because of that ventilation suction vacuum going on up, up in the attic there. I suspect most of your problems are up on the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And, and right. you know, don't and, and if you take the tongue and groove off of the wall, some guys say, well, I'll just put polyethylene plastic on there. I'll fix that. Well, you don't want to do that because then, you know, it, plastic is not permeable enough. You want some you want that wall to be able to get wet, which it will because of Mother Nature and get dry, you know, too. So you've got to let it dry itself out. So you don't want to put plastic on the, the tightest. You want that is craft faced, um, you know, paper on insulation or one of those smart membranes for inside. walls. Yeah, that's surfaces. what he used craft paper on the walls and ceiling. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think he's pretty good on that. But on the ceiling, um, man, it, you just. You know, craft paper will leak. You, it's not airtight. It's designed not to be airtight. Well, right. your drywall is supposed to be airtight. Right. Would, would that, if we took down the knotty pine on the ceiling, would that, and just put up drywall, would that yep. help with yep. the problem? Yeah. Well, number one, you're going to see where the problem is because you get to bear the wound. You open up the ceiling, and you can, I'll bet you're going to find out where, you know, it's like you're going to find some wet spots around the backside of that knotty pine. And, you know, like gravity, it'll drag it right down the wall to the ceiling, and it likely gets into the cavity over the door. Um, but I don't think – and, and you may have, you know, flashing issues. Maybe that door wasn't properly installed and flashed because some of these tiny houses are built – you know, up in parts of the country where, you know, they don't have humidity like we do. So, you know, if it's built in Pennsylvania, you know, where it's built up in uh, Toronto, Canada, you know, golly, they just don't have Midwest humidity. So if he got rid of the AC, which he wouldn't want to do, but if he got rid of the AC, that would probably eliminate a lot of the problems. Yeah. Yeah, it would. You're still going to have that air sucking out. So the the bottom line here, and and this is a hard lesson our industry learned just like this. Uh, The more tight you try to build a house, uh, the more Mother Nature will fight you back. So, I mean, all the money you're spending either heating the house or cooling the house all gets sucked out winter and summer by that hot sun on that metal roof creating the great attic ventilation that that uh, ridge vent will do. But, yeah, just just to sum it up, uh, 
taken down the wood, the knotty pine on the ceiling, put up drywall on the ceiling would help, right? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and sealing around any recessed cans, too. Make sure you're using air si- airtight recessed cans for that if you're using any ceiling lights. Or no lights in the ceiling at all is even better. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, well, I'll have to study that. I, I can't figure out why the drywall breathes better than the knotty pine. You know, but well, well, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. There are no joints in that. Oh, okay. The, the drywall will not breathe, but likewise, your attic already breathes. You've got intakes, I hope, at the soffit overhangs. You've got a ridge vent at the top. You know, that's all you need. That, that moves enough air through your attic on the backside. The only thing you're trying to do is don't ever let the air from the inside of the house mix through the ceiling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, he doesn't have any uh, soffit. He's got uh, gable vents, small gable vents, and then a ridge vent. So. Oh, he's in trouble. Oh, my gosh. Wow. There's oh, no overhang. I, I promise you this is the problem, because if he doesn't have any low ventilation and he does have a ridge vent, the you are super insulating only the top 12 inches of that attic mm-hmm. because your ridge vent, your gable end vents are high. Well, your ridge vent is high. So your intake right. is 12 inches below that ridge vent. You're, you have an attic that is affected. The bottom two-thirds where it counts, down by the insulation where this condensation and all is happening, that is unventilated right. because you have no low intake. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Oh, man. Hmm. You guys are wowzer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thanks for all your uh, information and help. Yeah, do you understand at least what I'm saying, Ray? Because you're going to have to noodle through this on where does the air come from, where does it go, how will it you know, change the air in that attic, and how do I keep my inside house leaking from air from leaking into the attic? Yeah, yeah, I guess the, the, the only thing we could do, you know, we can't put an overhang on it. We'd have to, uh, the best thing we could do would be take down the knotty pine ceiling, put up drywall, and... yeah. I don't there, know what else. There is a possibility, depending upon your metal overhang, you can actually bump your gutter boards out. If you have gutters on the edge of this gable roof, you can no. move your gutter board out about three-quarters of an inch and screen it back there to where behind the gutter board becomes a tiny little air intake um, soffit overhang. So you can induce some low air intake on that attic that way. Yeah, yeah. Not okay. much, but something's better than nothing. Right, right. Okay, well, thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. Yeah, good luck, Ray. Thanks for the call. I'm glad. I'm glad we got this straightened out. You're in the big leagues, brother. Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Take care. Bye now. Home improvement, Scott Mosby KMOX. You know, years ago, and it's been you know twenty something years ago. I was worried about knowing all the answers. I was like, how can I be smarter than 50,000 KMOX listeners? Well, I realized I don't have to. Somebody out there has that answer. Uh, so I have learned as much from callers and consulting visits that we go out on. You know, for example, uh, this issue, there really is no other way. If you have that much air leaking from the inside of the house up into your attic, you know, if you live in Alaska, Nobody cares. That air is just crisp or dry. It never gets wet, so you don't have condensation issues. Well, this part of the country, the air is dripping wet with water. Um, anyway, um, getting a little windy, and we'd spent a lot of time with Ray, but Ray, Ray deserved a little bit extra attention. I'm going to take a short pause and come back for more. When we come back, we're going to see if Michael's still hanging on the line here on University of Camo X. 
Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show, presented by Suburban Leisure Center on Olive, one mile west of 141. Now, once again, your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, back together, Wowzer. We started with uh, one um, big topic with Ray. Uh, this that, that one question is why it started to be referred to as building science because there's much more than just assembling materials into making things look pretty because I guarantee, uh, you know, Ray and his son's tiny house is probably drop-dead gorgeous, um, but it won't remain that way. And if you don't address that moisture, the condensation, what they call the water leak uh, that they found over the top of that door, uh, this thing will start to smell. It'll grow goodies inside the walls, which is what was the basis of our energy efficiency back in the 1970s when we went through the big oil embargo. And that's when all this stuff started is, oh, boy, we need to tighten up this house and make it not leak and don't let it breathe. And all of a sudden we started rotting out houses and walls on three-year-old homes, you know, that were loaded with mold, mildew, and then all the you know resins had asthma. Well, let's go see what's happening with my friend Michael. Hey, Michael, good morning. Welcome to KMOX. Hopefully we've got a little uh, shallower question here. How can I help? Hi, Scott. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. I have a question. I have a pebble epoxy coating on my front porch outside. Yeah. And below it, in the basement is a room, and the, the ceiling is concrete, and there's a crack in it, and it's leaking. So my, my question is, is there some way I can reseal the top of that porch and then fix the crack on the ceiling below? Or am I going to have to take that pebble epoxy coating off in order to repair it? Well, with the rain we've had this year, uh, gosh, uh, Michael, only you will be able to lessen the amount of water coming from that porch. But the water with saturated subgrades, that water's been coming sideways. And underneath that front porch, if I understand this correctly, your Pebble Epoxy or Pebble Tech product is very much not a big problem here. I mean, water gets between those pebbles and they move. And when they crack, there's still a concrete slab underneath there. This thing has to get past. Um, so unless you've got a funnel moving a whole lot of water down there, you're addressing about 20% of the problem with this pebble product and the concrete surface. That water moves horizontally and you probably have a big void. I would, I would guess you may have as big as a 55 gallon drum, like a barrel of void because when the house was built that front porch it, 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 we just push dirt up against that because we can't get the um the you know the uh heavy excavator the big equipment in there and we can't compact that soil and then it settles over the years and nothing else fills in so i suspect you've got a water sump underneath your front porch unrelated to this pebble product how's that for popping your bubble <laughs> well, I'm just loaded up with all kinds of good uh, news today here. I'm going to get voted off the island any minute. So is the best way to address this fix the crack that's in the ceiling and try to go about it that way? Uh, let me ask you if this. The is pebble this, is not the problem? Is this, is this actually a concrete bunker underneath this front porch? Yes. Or, okay. It's, it's I, more of a, I think they use it for canning in the yeah, past, store yeah. all the canning in there and all that. What Nate? Where is your house, roughly? In Brentwood. Okay, so you're in old Probably town. ninety years old, old brick. Yeah, yeah. You you basically have a, a lot port of marble floors, so the whole 
you know, yeah. ceiling uh, in the basement of concrete. All right, I take back what I said. This is all you had this assessed correctly. Um, yes, you do need to peel that uh, pebble product back, uh, and it you need to put a roof on that front porch before you put any finished surface on it, uh, which means you're basically you know putting an elastomeric roller applied or spray applied something, uh, and then you're putting effectively some sort of a floating tile or uh, something like that. But effectively speaking, you do indeed, as you described, have a concrete roof. Then you have to be able to walk on it because it's your front porch too. So it's a it's a big deal. Um, I would the, yeah, the the pebble tech has to come off. You have to grind that joint, and I would propose that you'd really have to epoxy or polyurethane seal injection that crack, just like you know, it, just like Helitech does on a foundation. Uh, you've got to seal that, and then hopefully that concrete is sloping properly enough. Um, and if not, you then put you know, a sloped ceramic tile floor. Uh, this is like building a shower. You know what I'm talking about with a shower pan where you put a waterproofer material on and then the cement mm-hmm. and then the tile. That's what you've got to do because you have a walking surface rated roof on that porch. Okay. Um, let me think about uh, who can handle this. You're you're pretty much out of your league. This is this is uh, not only do you need the labor, but you need a boatload of knowledge to get this done right too. Um, I, I would, you know what? I'd call my company. Uh, we because this in, involves about five different trades. Um, nobody who's doing a whole lot of anything until you get to the tile. But if you miss any one of those little bitty pieces, you're going to wind up with leaking roof all over again. You know what I mean? Sure, sure, okay. I will do yeah. that, and I uh, I appreciate your help. And I promise you, whoever comes by to talk to you, you won't like what they say. <laughs> <laughs> Just is, <laughs> boy, man. I I think I think I may be on the firing post here any minute now. I'm not doing well, Michael. Yeah, that it it. Uh, if this is important enough to you, the other thing you can do is let the water come in and and collect it in a trough type thing, and then pump it out with a sump pump or something like that. It's very unconventional. It wouldn't do well when you went to sell your house, um, but effectively speaking, you're you're putting a roof um, on that front porch, filling this crack with a urethane epoxy injection type product, um, and then building it up so you do get a, a surface. And it may indeed may have a, a a rubber membrane built into that as well. Okay. Just, just well, like again, I, I appreciate your help. Okay. Take care. Good question, boy. You. You, you guys are really challenging me here. Thanks, Michael. Good luck. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. Wow, we are doing water today, whether or not we know it. Uh, started out with Ray, tiny house, and uh, tongue and groove, knotty pine, beautiful wood. Uh, all that joints in between leaks creates condensation or water, seemingly a roof leak. Michael here with a uh, concrete uh, front bunker. Those of you that have been in the uh, city of St. Louis and Brentwood, the inner ring subdivisions are, are uh uh, communities that are close to the city that were built out first as we went to the suburban or away from the city uh, as my father would call it they're built for stout and believe me they are so you really can't change them too much you just have to go with them and fix those ills uh, phone lines 314-436-7900-800-925-1120 Scott Mosby Camwex at your service 
Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show, presented by Suburban Leisure Center on Olive, one mile west of 141. Now, once again, your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, Scott Mosby here, KMOX. Lots of things to talk about. Let's go to my friend right away, Joe, and see what's happening. Hey, Joe, good morning. Welcome to KMOX. Good morning. Yes, sir. I have a couple of windows double pane that are steamed up. Is there a home remedy that I could do to repair this? Oh, a big hammer. Big hammer. Yeah. Break them out. Yep. You won't have steam in between the glass, but you have to get rid of the glass to do it. Sorry. Okay. No, it, there. what happens is there is a tight, an airtight seal between those two pieces of glass, and when that breaks, it's time to replace the insulated glass. On some brands of windows, because of the way they manufacture it, they build the window sash around the glass, so some brands uh, will actually, you'll buy a new wood window sash or vinyl window sash. Um, old school with uh, mudded in uh, insulated glass on, you know, true divided lights and all, those you can actually change the glass there are surfaces or services that claim they can get the fog out uh, it's successful about one out of ten times and it's really kind of a, a lead generator for window replacement because it's you know by the time you pay for that thing and there's no warranty on it because so you you're putting hundreds of dollars out for no guarantee that it's going to work you know for longer than a week and, and then you wind up just replacing the window anyway so okay. I don't know How's that? So, yes, there is, and no, it doesn't work long-term. You're probably heading toward either a new piece of glass there, uh, which is yeah, 70% of the time the glass can be changed, unless you have windows that were made in the last 20, 30 years. Sometimes it involves the whole sash, that moving wood or metal or uh, vinyl thing. Okay? Thank you very much. You bet. Good luck, Joe. And, uh, you know, uh, we started, I'm going to summarize here. I, I have just a few more seconds. I got a little windy, but we started out with Ray with his tiny house, issues with moisture. Michael had a front porch. Took me a while to kind of understand and hear him correctly. Uh, he has one of those old concrete front porches uh, with a uh, um, cellar below that, kind of a concrete bomb shelter type bunker uh, and they don't do moisture well and he had a leak in that so that the answer to there is really pull off that pebble surface and get to it there well stay tuned for hour two here on University of KMOX KMOX at your service welcome to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show presented by Suburban Leisure Center on Olive one mile west of 141 now, here's your host, Scott Mosby, on KMOX. And indeed, a beautiful Saturday right here, a little bit uh, comfy. Oh, baby, might have a few uh, thunderstorms coming in, sneaking up on us a little bit. Who knows? We'll see. Right now, one more hour home improvement. I am at your service. This is University of KMOX. I call that, I, I kind of coined that phrase some years ago when I realized that I was pretty much going to school when I would come to KMOX. I mean, it, it was... Uh, I've just learned a lot of things. If you can imagine my life, uh, certainly before COVID, I would go to a party, introduce myself. Oh, you're the guy on KMOX. You know, I heard that. And then they'd tell me something. And about 50% of the time, I would learn something new, uh, either from something that they did or a product or a method or an idea. So I wound up being this central repository for everybody's interesting topic related to homes 
wow, what a seat. So then I wind up here on KMOX, and I'm able to share this with you every Saturday. One of the joys of my life, I really do enjoy it. Um, my father was a person who loved service, loved to help, you know, and make a difference, uh, you know, and really kind of the product of my dad was, you know, make a difference every day, make sure it's positive, and, uh, and we do. So we do our very best with that, and I love extending that, um, really, I guess, my legacy from my father here on KMOX, certainly with, uh, you know, a, a storied radio station like KMOX, you know, it's, it's uh, kind of intimidating to sit this seat, if you will. Golly, you know, a lot of people depending on uh, what I'm sharing and the accuracy and reliability of what we share. Uh, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120-800-925-1120. My name is Scott Mosby. I own and operate Mosby Building Arts. Uh, we were founded in 1947 by my dad. It's a great place place to work uh, honored again uh, for um, by the uh, St. Louis Post-Dispatch as one of the St. Louis outstanding workplaces uh, that is something that feels really good um, because it's uh, it, it's a testament to the people I work with as to how quality they really are just as people and how much they take seriously where they work how they work how we interact the teamwork all the stuff the leadership that it takes to kind of keep all those various people tied together in a common goal and you know delivering the freight for our customers every day it's uh you know it's uh, we like it anyway i'm enough with that though let's get right to the phone lines i've got some very patient callers see what's happening with my friend uh, beverly hey beverly scott mosby here good afternoon thanks for joining us here on camelax how can i help well, my children moved into a home uh, about two weeks ago. It's a 30, 30 years old. And the master bathroom sink for the hot water just trickles out. There's hardly any pressure at all. The cold water one's fine. Every other faucet in the house runs fine. And, you know, I, I was thinking about maybe there was a problem with the screen you know, on the faucet needing to be cleaned out, but sure. why would it be okay for the cold and not for the hot if that were the case? Yep, absolutely. You have something inside. Is this a two-handled faucet? Yes. Yeah, well, the uh, uh, the seat or the washer or the O-ring on that side has uh, it is no longer any good, and it has broken, and it's blocking the passage of that water. So think of it as a blood clot in uh, plumbing form. There's something blocking that flow uh, because you've, you've properly analyzed everything else. The screen is a good thing, but, you know, why the cold and not the hot, on and on. So you've got it right. There's something inside that side of the faucet only, and it could indeed be the stop on the wall so the shut off if you have a shut off on the wall that's a turn on and off thing that also has that faucet that seat that o-ring whatever so right. not only could it be the handle on the cold side it can also be the shut off stop little thing on the wall that turns the water off if you have one and likewise if it's not there there'll be a shut off or a stop down in the basement any of those three locations can deliver that one faucet improperly flowing okay so just, are, are you saying that the shutoff underneath, that maybe it's not opened all the way, or there could be a problem where there's a blockage in that, in the yeah, shutoff? Yeah, just... A 
just a problem in the blockage. I mean, if you think about these faucets, we put them in and then we don't touch them for decades. Well, stuff right. happens, right. you know, I mean, things break, rubber doesn't last forever, um, you know, and it just needs a little love, you know, give it a little yeah. hug, a little love, uh, give maybe a new washer and you'll be probably good to go. Or yeah. oftentimes it's time to just change the whole faucet too, because you, you, you wind up with the hot not far behind it. And it's kind of like the headlights on a car. When one goes out, you change them both because you know they're both on the fritz soon. Right. Well, same, right. same thing on those stop sh- shutoffs or the actual hot and cold lever too. Okay. All right. Well, great. Thank you so much. Appreciate okay. it. Okay. Thanks for your patience, Beverly. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Scott Mosby, Home Improvement. Uh, golly, she's been waiting for some time, and I appreciate that. Uh, hopefully, I'm delivering enough value to you every question, answer, and topic, because I really do pledge my very best. Sometimes it's enough. Sometimes it's a not. It's not enough, but by golly, you're getting the best I've got every time. 314-436-7900-314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Another opportunity, I want to thank Rich Orris from Mosby Building Arts stepping in in my stead last week on KMOX and hosting this show. Uh, um, it's, it's an important seat because um, the information that goes out is depended upon and trained throughout our industry. So I take very seriously who comes in here as uh, in this seat um, because it, it matters. And, and uh, we have the ability to make things uh, really good or really bad according to the accuracy and reliability of these answers. Uh, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. This is CAMOX. I am Scott Mosby, and I sit here at your service on CAMOX. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show, presented by Suburban Leisure Center on Olive, one mile west of 141. Now, once again, your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. Indeed, after 20-something years, I still am host here on KMOX. Do you believe it? You know, here, here's, here's the job description. Talks profusely, occasionally says something valuable, drinks a lot of coffee, and talks profusely. I get paid for this. You believe it? What a gig. I get paid for this. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Let's go to my friend and uh, see what's cooking here. See if Joyce is still awake. Hey, Joyce, good afternoon. Welcome to KMOX. Thanks for patient for your patience. Okay, Scott. Um, I want to pick your brain about air conditioners, furnace, um, um, and tell you my situation. Our okay. AC... Uh, 26 years old, uh, the compressor hit the dust. Okay. It was a train, and um, so I'm looking at a, a new AC for sure. And our furnace is a train. It was put in at the same time 26 years ago. However, 10 years ago, we got a new uh, mo- uh, motherboard or whatever that's called for it. And yeah. also 10 years ago, we got a new fan motor mm-hmm. for the furnace. And six years ago, we got a new igniter. So, and the uh, heat exchangers has no cracks in it. So we're trying to figure out, just do the AC, kind of live, see what happens with the furnace or get them both at the same time. And then next question is, we're looking at the five major brands, Mm -hmm. Carrier, Bryant, Train, um, American Standard, and then Linux. However, I I know they're all, they're all good. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, so my question is mainly on the specifics 
of them. Um, the Sears, we have a 1,400-square-foot home, mm-hmm. a split level, and uh, we have a three-ton a- AC now. We're going to get definitely get the three-ton again. But the stages and all of that, uh, it, it, I don't think we need all the well- bells and whistles on it. Um, 15 versus 16 Sears. Um, our furnace now is a two-stage. I'm not sure what our AC is back then. It's a 12 sear. It's, it, the old yeah. one's a 12 sear. I that know they, used to be pretty high. Yeah. That was a pretty high one, they said, in 1994. Yeah. But anyway, all these, I mean, you can even buy air conditioners with stages in them. Do you oh, need? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do yep. you need that with the type of home we have? It's just got cathedral ceilings there in the um you know, living room, dining room, like a split level, a lot of split levels have. Yeah. So, um, well, Joyce, here's the deal. Uh, you bought a two-stage unit 26 years ago, 26 years out of a furnace and air conditioner, even with the pieces you've replaced, is extraordinary. That That's high five, you know. Uh, we've maintained them well. <laughs> Yeah, but but you bought a good piece of equipment that yes. would take the maintenance. There are a lot of pieces that are priced right, really inexpensively, but you, they just aren't worthy of the ma- so you change, you put that part on and something else breaks and you just keep going. So, first off, congratulations you bought a great unit. It lasted 26 years. My advice is do it again. Um I am one that uh well, well, train is a, a great unit. Uh, it has all the, the service fittings on it. Uh, but whatever you do, buy in the top quarter of what they offer. Uh, yeah. Because everybody's got their price point. You know, if if you want it to be $3,000, I've got one of those things. Never mind, you know, that's a taillight warranty. And as soon as my taillights are out of sight, warranty's over. You know, so you're, I would buy a unit. Um, you know, at my age, I'm negotiating how many times I want to replace these things in the rest of my life. Um, so first off, it's akin to having a 26 year old car. Should I buy a new car or just replace the engine? Mm-hmm. Well, a 26-year-old car is still a 26. So I would beg you uh, to replace the whole unit. What you get out of that is all the bells and whistles that comes with that on the multi-stage variable speed fans. And what that stuff all means is if your house is just a little bit warm, that compressor just works a little bit and then, you know, so that's what you get is the energy efficiency and you truly have a variable cooler or heater. It only gives you what that house needs at that point. Now, those are nice things to have because you're saving operational money, but it's, you know, you're buying more electronics and higher tech equipment to do it. So I, I generally buy at least in the top half of a brand's product line and usually about three quarter you know 75 80 percent i don't necessarily want the ferrari but i do want the one with the heated cup holders and the warm seats you know what i mean yeah so is that the the quarter the top quarter to a half is that a two-stage furnace yeah and what about the stages in an ac uh variables uh those stages Variable stages. See, some of those compressors, the electron, and that's that's what you're getting out of the deal is your cost to operate goes. The more money you put up front in buying better equipment, the lower and the more accurate 
and the te- the more the temperatures match the load that the house needs. Um, mm-hmm. So, but once you get above, you know, a seven out of ten, then you're buying, you know, kind of cool things. It it gets a little bit like you know the man with seven remotes. So you know, be careful. You can get too much cool stuff too. <laughs> yeah, and by whole unit, you mean just replace the furnace too. Y- Yes, ma'am, because that's the air handler. That's the Mac Daddy that makes everything else run. And yeah. I promise you, you'll, you're either going to buy the whole unit now or you're going to buy it in pieces over the next eight years because 26 years is stellar. I mean, congratulations. And and Train's an excellent unit. Lennox is a great uh, brand, but just buy on the top end of those uh, brand names and then you're, you, then you're comparing similar equipment. 15 or 16 Sear. Ah, for me, I'd get up 18, 19, you know, because now they've got them 23, 24. That's a little too much for me. That's a lot of electronics. But, you know, 15, 16 is kind of table stakes nowadays. I'd I'd be more 18, 19-ish on the air conditioner. Really? And keep in mind, St. Louis, it, we're about 58% cooling and about uh, 42% uh, heating. So we do more cooling costs than we do heating here. That's true. Yeah, and All dehumidifying, right. you know. So again, um, what you, and it's a de- so on your air conditioner. Instead of shutting down because it's you know cool enough, a variable um, load air conditioner just runs a little bit. It keeps taking the humidity out of the air. Well, if you take the humidity out of the air in good old Midwest St. Louis, you're feeling pretty good. So that's one of the things you get out of that. Very, it's called a variable load or variable speed. Yeah, the, I'm out of my league here. I just know that these units are built to where, um, with the right electronics, they're only as big as they need to be at that moment. They, right. you know, so if you've got sixty thousand BTU unit with uh, with that feature on it, it may only deliver twelve thousand BTUs because that's all the house needs now. Mm-hmm. Well, it's right. it's cool stuff, and and so anyway, it's like buying a computer. You know, do you want to buy a simple computer, or do you want to buy one that's going to keep you from replacing it for the next five years? You know, that's kind of the same kind of. These are computers you're buying. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks a lot. I appreciate all the info. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I, I hope I've been helpful. Toward doing both AC oh, please. and heat and I, the furnace, but that's the one thing I'm adamant on. Make sure, but. Get it. They're all worn out. You're already on borrowed time. Get it all. And then yeah. how far up and down the food chain is just pocketbook and, and uh, comfort related. So, but, right. but it's time for a new whole unit. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot, Scott. Appreciate your time and your, uh, your information. You bet, Joyce. Take care. All right. Bye now. Bye now. And, and, you know, with Joyce's question, and, and I get a little sketchy. It's, I'm, I'm not going to tell her to buy this brand or that brand because, and truly the one thing I did not tell Joyce I want to say is you're buying a partnership with that company. So uh, whether I buy a train or a Lennox, I'm looking deep into that person's eyes that, that from the company and I want to who am I going to marry myself to for the next 26 years you better be a company worthy of that trust and money and I expect you to pick out a really good unit for me because I, I'm not a heating and cooling guy so it's like a job interview you're interviewing not only a uh, you know, employee, if you will, a company or contractor, but a partner. I mean, this is similar to getting married for 26 years because if there's something wrong with that and I get a great unit, but I don't have a great contractor, 
oh my, are you going to send Mo, Larry, and Curly over to fix my, you know, whiz-bang unit that I just spent, you know, a ton of money on? So again, it, it, keep in mind, it's the people you are partnering with, the company, what they're about, what their values are, and, you know, whether they're going to come out at six o'clock on Saturday night to take care of me because, you know, I'm part of their family now. So anyway, that's it. So Joyce, I hope, uh, take very seriously who you buy that unit from and the partnership that you are. And if they're not worthy, if it's not the people you want to be in business with for the next 20, maybe pick a different company and might come with a different brand, still buy that good unit. Uh, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Scott Mosby, Camwex. I'm going to take a short pause for now and come right back after this. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show, presented by Suburban Leisure Center on Olive, one mile west of 141. Now, once again, your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, back together, Home Improvement, Scott Mosby at your service. Uh, had some tough conversations today on hour one and two, and uh, we're having a lot more fun here in second hour here, just, you know, like leaky faucets, air conditioners. That's a lot more fun than, hey, your house is falling apart, and I don't have any good news for you. So uh, let's see what's cooking here with my buddy uh, Bob. Hey, Bob, good afternoon. Welcome to Lunchtime on KMOX. How can I help? Yeah, hey, Scott. Um, I've got that uh, dreaded job of, replacing the expansion joints uh in my driveway um they're pretty much uh, as you would expect filled with dirt and rotted yeah. wood now i've mm-hmm. uh, been that way for about 10 years and really haven't had you know much settling or moving or anything so okay uh, kind of begs the question is does that absolutely have to be done uh that's number one and the research i've done indicates that uh the most common of course using the uh self-leveling uh caulking uh mm-hmm. you know back a rod that kind of thing yeah uh but i've also uh looked into some of the uh other options uh in particularly a couple of products called, called uh Trimus lab and uh uh slab gasket and wanted to get your feeling on uh that whole thing I'm unfamiliar with those, Bob, frankly. Uh, we, we caulk them uh, like the caulk, and uh, typically, and we tend to use more like semi-self-leveling than self, self-leveling is like water. Semi-self-leveling is like a uh, uh, corn, like syrup, you know, pancake syrup, so that thicker material is better. And then we just, uh, bef- while it's still wet, we just dust uh, dry sand to match the surface of that concrete, and it, it they the joints pretty much go away. But, yes, you have to do something with it. Um, and the ticket becomes not only what's effective, uh, congratulations, your concrete's still aligned. That's a good thing. If you don't fix these, that alignment will start changing because it becomes a gutter and the water goes in and starts eroding out the dirt underneath the slabs and on and on and on. So, yes, this is important. I'm unfamiliar with the other two uh, products you describe. Can you tell me well, a little about them? Uh, they're, they're basically a, uh, a PVC-type material, they're very flexible, comes in a Big okay. long roll and and obviously it, uh, in various widths. Sure. And, and it uh, and I've gotten some samples of the thing. It's actually pretty slick. It 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 really just fits right down inside of the uh, of the crack and provides a what appears to be a very good seal. I uh, okay. You know I don't know obviously until I, w- I would try it, but uh, um, it's it's something that's been out on the market for a while and and. Hmm you know, highly touted as a as a reasonable, much easier fix for that mm. kind of well, an issue. 
Well, I'll tell you, I just don't know. I, you know, I'm familiar with it now from your description. Um, but I, I will tell you that the pros aren't using products like that. Um, typically, it's the back, you know, clean out the joint, dry it off. Even sometimes, you know, um, wire brush and, and sand the edges of the joints in between, let them dry. Uh, and then the backer rod, semi-self-leveling or some sort of a urethane caulk, and then dust uh, dry sand on the top of it. Um, that Because, you know, it's, it's relatively easy, fairly inexpensive, and it's effective. Is that something that your company does? Uh, yes, it is. Yes, we do. Um, and if you have a lot of it, you, um, you know, then you're definitely, it's something where you or I can do, you know, two or three sections. But when you have, you know, eight, 10, 20 of those things, it's, you know, that becomes a real job. And at my age, bending down, standing up, bending, you know, and then agonizing, plugging up the ends, it just becomes more of a job than I'm willing to handle. Yeah, well, I've got a driveway. It's probably 40 by 20, I would guess. And there are three major joints, one running all the way down the middle and then two cross cross sections and a, a few, you know, where the sidewalk goes out to the street. So, yeah. uh, okay, well, then I could call your company. You Would somebody come out and uh, give me an estimate on what that would cost? Uh, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Either that, or we'll refer you to somebody. Of that, it's it's uh, you know we'll we'll get you to somebody that can help you either way. Okay. All right. All right. Very good. I appreciate your help. You All bet. Right. Bye now. Bye. Home Improvement KMOX. Scott Mosby here. Uh, let me see. Time. I'm doing okay. Let's see what's cooking with my friend Joanne. Hey, Joanne. Scott Mosby. How can I help? Good morning. I'm interested in a couple of really good thermal. Uh, doors. I want the full pane glass and so forth. Do you have any recommendations? Uh, well, there's so many different brands. Tell me about the doors that you're replacing. Are they square? Are they arch top? Uh, front door, back door, all of that? Uh, both a front door and a back door. Okay. So they get used a lot, so they need yes. to be good. Yeah. Okay. Um, frankly, there. <laughs> I'm going to get I real know, techy. There's so many. There is a way that doors are assembled, and this is one of the silliest things in our industry I've ever seen. Most exterior doors are built with the two side, the frame, the jams, you know, the, the sides of the door that go all the way down to the concrete, and then the door sill goes in between those two sides. Because of the way doors are built like that, for half a century, the water just wicks up onto the end of those door jams or door frames, as you and I might think, and it rots the bottom frame out way before the door needs replacement. So the frame falls apart. There are, in the last 10 years, two or three manufacturers that have longer window or, or door sills like aluminum or whatever the material is fiberglass uh, and then the jam comes down on top of that and does not touch the concrete and wick water up into the sides and uh, you know so it's important to know which brands those are uh, we at Mosby we handle some that we handle both types of doors and the more costly doors tend to be built on top of those thresholds and uh, and I think they just cost more to put them together that way for some reason or other but uh, yeah it's more than just um, uh, 
uh, which door. Uh, Thermatru is a great door. Pella makes a great door. Um, most of them, you know, like my conversation with the heating and cooling and air conditioning, when you get up closer to the top end of the market, you're getting not only better hardware, but you're getting a better performing unit. Most of them will have good insulation, good weather stripping, and all of that. But it gets to how long do they last when they're built these little subtly different ways. Could you suggest a place to go really look at them? Um, well, we have a, uh, there's a, an advertiser here, uh, Wholesale Siding, that is down by our office. They do a great job. Uh, I, and they can tell you the story of these. And uh, they're right at uh, Big Bend and Highway 44. Um, it's a good company. They advertise well and they know their products very well. Okay. Yeah. All righty. I appreciate your help then. You, you bet. And and uh, ask ask about the door sills. It's a it's a big deal. And the more we flash and the more we at Mosby get involved in what's the right way to put in a door, those little pieces really matter. And they you know they're worth ten or twenty years extra. Okay. Fine. Then. Thank you. Okay, Joanne. Thanks for calling. Bye now. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. I'm going to take a short pause and come right back for more after this. Bosco needs a little break. He's been on that treadmill. <laughs> We're going to turn it over to Ameren for just a moment. We'll be back for more after this. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center on Olive, one mile west of 141. Now, once again, your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, back together. We have phone lines open. We're going to go up to the top of the hour, uh, and uh, stay tuned. Camwex has a great lineup for you all day long. Stay tuned. You're part of the family. We're with you. Uh, so stay with us. Uh, let's see what's happening here on the phone lines and talk to Bill. Hey, Bill, good afternoon. Welcome to lunch on Camwex. How can I help? Hi, hi Scott. Uh, uh, I've got a... Uh, uh, gullies on both sides of my backyard and there's a 24 inch corrugated drain pipe that uh that diverts water underneath my yard uh and i noticed last year a small hole developing in the yard and this year that hole got much bigger yeah and i'm thinking that somehow there's a maybe a leak in that 24 inch corrugated pipe and maybe it's sucking the dirt down into the hole or into the pipe i think you're exactly correct um, the joints for those corrugated and those big 24 inches, they're, you know, as, as conduits go for drainage pipes, they're pretty inexpensive, but you put plastic to plastic end to end, and then you put this big boot around it, which is kind of like a joiner, and they're... They, they're just not watertight. So if anything shifts or moves uh, something or a section collapses and that section of pipe gets a little shorter, you know, it doesn't take more than a two or three inch, you know, opening in that pipe to, to create exactly what you're experiencing. So I suspect you're correct. And don't discount that the water sometimes runs next to those pipes on the outside too. Well, so I, that's, I'm trying to get some, folks out to see what they can do about this and one person suggests well everybody says of course they have to dig it up and look and see what's going on and maybe patch the pipe or you know put a boot around it or something yeah. and then one guy mentioned something about putting a collar a concrete collar around the pipe uh to prevent water from flowing on the outside is that is that something that's necessary or 
Well, the, uh, basically, you can get water flowing inside that pipe, but those things leak enough that, you know, water does leak out of the bottom of that pipe. And over time, it can run on the outside of the pipe, erode the soil away. Uh, and either way, this pipe, if you're having this problem, it's there. It's going to develop other issues in other places. So it, how deep is this thing? Is this a couple feet down? At least, yeah, at least two or three feet down. Yeah, I would. I tell you what, can you get to one of the ends? Can you send a fiber optic camera up in there? I called somebody out to do that, and they said they couldn't deal with it. Their, their equipment only was for like a 10 or 12-inch pipe, and they, oh. they didn't want to do it for a 24-inch. They said they didn't think they could do the yeah. do the job. Not enough light so. and all that stuff, yeah. Ouch. Um, wow. Um I wouldn't know how to go about it other than to dig up a section, open up around that hole, literally get down in there with a light and take a look and see what you've got. So either way, I would choose the company first before I choose the solution because this is going to be a voyage of uh, troubleshooting and figuring things out, and I would pick my contractor first before I picked a strategy. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I don't want somebody digging a, a mile yeah. down. Oh, haven't found the problem yet. Uh, right, yeah, it, you're picking an auto mechanic. Do you want a guy that is really good at figuring things out but tells you he doesn't know what it is, or do you want a guy that may not be so good at figuring out and he's sure he knows what it is? It's like, okay. So you're going on a voyage with a troubleshooter and an analyzer. That's different than a fixer. So um, I'd, I'd pick my company first. I'd pick my, can, you know, head Can coach. you give any suggestions or off the, I mean, do I call your company or any ideas yeah. of who to get for something like this? Yeah, we do a we do a, a lot of figuring things out. Just for, you know, and that's how I'm comfortable with it. Uh, the people we have that operate our small equipment, you know, we're used to getting in between fence posts and things like that. But generally, it depends whose head gets stuck down in that pipe. And you know, uh, a really good figure outer, a good analyst, is who you're really after. And you know, that's pretty much how we pick our guys. So anybody in any kind of a leadership management position is a, a good analyst so yep we've got okay. plenty of these guys okay all right well thank you very much okay thank you i appreciate it and uh, really again just you know who are you going to go to bat with you know that's uh, that would be the first choice there okay all right okay thanks very much you bet thanks bill Next up, let's see what's cooking here with my friend Bernice. Hey, Bernice, Scott Mosby here. Good, uh, good Saturday afternoon. How can I help? Hi. Good Hi. afternoon. Hi. Yeah, this is Bernice. Hey, what, what do you think about a home that's three years old? It doesn't have a basement, so, of course, it was built on slab, uh-huh. on grade. Um, and when I looked at it, I noticed that the furnace was inside the garage, mm-hmm. enclosed in a large closet. And then I, w- I looked at the ductwork going up, and I noticed it was sweaty. This was just a couple weeks ago. Uh-huh. And then I looked up in the attic, and I saw the ductwork running because I know the air conditioning and the heating, I guess, is coming through the, the vents from the ceiling. Yeah. So what do you think about a construction home like that? Um, and if I buy it, what would you do to, you know, would you, would you purchase something like that, or would you say stay away from something like that? 
Well, it's an economical slab on grade is an economical home to build. Uh, we're not digging a hole. You don't need floor drains. You don't need waterproofing. You know, uh, you know all that mm-hmm. sump pump stuff. So it simplifies the construction. And uh, to some extent, if they put the house high enough on the lot, it also eliminates any kind of a leaking basement. So you eliminate all those possibilities as well. Um, mm-hmm. I I would inspect it very hard. Because you you know a slab on grade home uh, has to be done right, and you you really isolated the one that really matters is the ductwork up in the attic. It has to be fully, completely, and perfectly insulated because of the air conditioning and the sweating, which co- condensation happens and acts like a, a ceiling leak. So I would inspect that attic ductwork really, really good, and uh, probably do it early in the morning, you know, when it cools off here a little. Some of our mornings are, are cool enough to get up and do it, but I would really, um, and look at your ceilings around the registers. Look for water leaks around there. Okay, that's what I was going to ask you. Would I look for in the ceiling inside yep. the home for yep. water spots? Yeah, and by now, you'll know when if it's just been recently or freshly painted, and you'll know if you see water leaks around there. Generally, you know, a layman can figure out whether somebody's been there with a paintbrush, you know, soon or, or not. So, okay, okay. I, I think and then when, own, I, when I look in the attic, how should it be insulated? Do no the, metal. Do the, do the no ducks? metal. You don't see any metal anywhere, unless it's a bath see? fan. You'll see uh, insulation, because if you have metal and you have the inside of that house that's getting cold because of the air conditioning, that metal will condense. And, you know, frankly, in the last two months, with all the rain we've had, this this house would have been dripping, you know, if it had problems. So you're really looking at it in a good time. Okay. But and no, then... no bare metal. If there's bare metal, there's condensation. And if there's condensation, you'll see water spots or signs of it. And then eventually mold. Yeah, well, if you have a well-insulated or well-ventilated attic, uh, sometimes you don't really get the mold because if you're ventilating the attic correctly, you're drying the air out, so you don't ever get a chance to build to get the mold. It's the walls okay. that mold. So up. I, did, I, did, I think I did see the metal. Of course, I did see it. What okay. would you do then to to remedy that? Uh, usually, a spray foam or very thorough cover of that. You just can't have any bare metal. A spray foam right over top of it. Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. All right. Well, thank you. You bet. Thanks, Bernice. Thanks. Scott Mosby, Camo X. Stay tuned for an afternoon here on Camo X.